You are now entering the world of Blissful Living, broadcasting around the globe and on the Blissful Living Network with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you lacking energy, clarity, and that sense of true well-being? Are you overworked, underpaid, and know that you deserve more in life? You are not alone. Improve your wellness, wisdom, and wealth so that you can step into living the life of your dreams. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living, the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. The following segment is a continuation of our conversation from last week's show. We jump right in where we left off. Please enjoy. I love that. Um, you know, it, again, it just you're speaking volumes here, and I know there are so many of us that um, can totally relate to this and want to get out of that. I'm holding grudges and, you know, an eye for an eye type of thing and being unforgiving. Um, I think that, you know, it's really hard for a lot of people. And just the fact that letting go, you know, when people say just let it go, um, sometimes it's just not that easy because you replay I want to say, I'm going to age date myself, but you replay the eight track tape or cassette tape, you know, in your head over and over and over and something you may see or experience or something someone may say to you triggers that tape to play again. And basically you need to take that tape out and put in a new tape and play that one so that you can come from a place of gratitude and you can come from a place of being forgiving and you can come from a place of just letting stuff go. Because when you do that, you eliminate so much stress within your mind and your body that everything begins to blossom and, and really you begin to shine now you know it's not um, easy though Rochelle so I'm not trying to tell the world that it's easy it was actually one of the longest you know things I had to work on many many years of really practice and really working on on myself is how I started forgiving completely today if something really horrible happened like my best friend you know, running away with all my money and uh, pretty much, you know, leaving me completely bankrupt and I had to foreclose homes. I, I lost everything. Um, you know, initially, there's this anger. and but, but the biggest part was the betrayal because I really thought of her as my best friend, my sister, my everything. Right. Um, and she walked away with, you know, she, she skipped town. I mean, I trusted her that much. I know it sounds like a crazy movie or something you've heard on the news, because why would somebody be that stupid um, to trust someone? Well, you know, honestly, when you love someone so darn much, you think of them as your biological sister or whatnot, you don't really think that they're ever going to betray you. It's not even a thought process that will even pass my mind. You know, I can totally relate to that. I, I had an issue happen to me um, last year where I thought a person was really my friend. We had this, you know, friendship over 10 years and I was like an older sister because I'm older than you too. Um, but, uh, you know, just a kindred relationship. And then it was, she completely betrayed me, not once, but several times. And then she began to make, say lies about me. And I realized that she's just coming from a crazy place. And then when I looked back, I thought, you know what? She's done this to everybody that she called her friend, yet they all seem to forgive her or let it or just let her go or give her the get you know, get out of jail card free. And for me, I just couldn't do that because I couldn't believe that someone that I liked so much that I actually loved, that I endured all her, you know, drug addictions and um, you know, promiscuous relationships and all of that that I had to hear and her problems with her children and her mother and all of that, I couldn't believe that this person would do this to me and me never betraying her, never told anyone about 
what she had done was so crushing to my my mind, body, and spirit. It, I was in a deep, deep funk. And then I realized, you know, you know, Rochelle Marie, she that's her. That's how she's always going to be. That's how she always has been. You know that now. You file it in the appropriate drawer, drawer and you move on and just know that that was just. You know, that was an incident that happened in your life, something from you, for you to learn from, but you just go on. It doesn't change your life. It doesn't change what you're meant to do in the world. It just gives you an awakening about that particular individual, and you can choose to or not have anything to do with that person. And so I can totally relate to that because that's really hard when someone you love and care about, and not, not your family, but outside your family, you consider your best friend, your kindred spirit, your kindred soulmate, French, you know, be betrays you it's that's just crushing but you know life goes on and there's lessons to be learned and from these lessons we become we're able to turn as you say our struggles into success now you talk about depression and I know there's a lot of people that suffer from depression whether they want to admit it whether they know they're suffering from depression whether they don't know it whatever the case may be um how did you help yourself recover from this? Because it's it can be very it can be a very very deep deep dark dark place um, that can sometimes be very difficult to find that little speck of light that you can hold on to and try to walk towards. How did how did you do this? Well, mine was lucky. Uh, I I was lucky. I feel I was very lucky uh, in my case. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, I think that um, anyone of us can look for one inspiration. I'll tell you how. What is one of our favorite things in life? I mean, mine was to laugh. And mine was watching Ellen, De- the Ellen DeGeneres show versus somebody who wants like to read one of their happy, happy favorite books or watch one of their favorite, favorite happy ending uh, movies or watch one of their favorite sitcoms or call that friend that you know that's going to be on the other line that makes you laugh instantly. So we have to look for these tiny little inspirations where we're at our lowest low. I mean, today I'm able to, because of all the experiences, today I'm able to look in the mirror and just say when I'm having a bad day and I know that I'm starting the day off not not so right, I look in the mirror and say, you know, I, I know how to snap myself out of it. I would say, I can do it, or I am pretty, or I, I'm going to have a beautiful day today. I know how to affirm myself today. When I have a, a little bad thought, I know how to toss it aside and put in a happy thought, and that's all part of having a positive attitude. That's in my attitude chapter. So um, how did I get rid of mine? I found that one hour of inspiration of Ellen. And then from that one hour of inspiration, I started going on the computer looking for things that inspired me. That's the reason why my book, Self-Aid, Inspirations to Turn Struggles into Success, was even created because I was so inspired by the word. The power of the word is so important to me that when I read their incredible, empowering, inspiring quotes, something happened inside of me. It's almost like you want to say it's an aha moment, but really these little words inspired me slowly but surely. And then I started seeking for more and more and more until the day that I realized that, hey, I don't want to just laugh one hour a day. I want to laugh the rest of the day. Little by little, I started looking for these inspirations and little by little, I snapped out of it. And for, for, for every single person, it's going to be a different process. It's going to be either harder, easier. It doesn't matter. We're all different. But I do encourage all of us to at our darkest moment, to throw in, bring in something in your life that you know that has made you smile before. 
Oh, I love that. I love how you, because you are gorgeous. I love how you say just, you know, taking, just looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, I'm pretty or I'm beautiful or today's a beautiful day or, you know, I have joy in my heart or this cupcake tastes good. I love God. This cupcake tastes good. This flower is beautiful. My house is clean or whatever the case may be, you know, (laughs) I'm a good cook. I'm going to eat this whole doggone cake if I have to, whatever the case may be, you know, you find inspiration and, and, and really it is, um, you know, help, you know, it really can help you. But you, you said it's a process and it's different from, for everyone, but just take that one little thing and start with that. And, and I guess it does magnify out when you continually do it and make it a habit. Exactly. To, uh, That's all it's about. It's about doing little itty bitty one step at a time and then bam, it becomes a habit. And then you're going to see yourself happy all the time. That's beautiful. Oh, I love that. You guys out there, that's a, that's a, that's a golden nugget. I hope you got that. I hope you wrote that one down. Cause that's a nugget of gold. If you are suffering from any type of depression or sadness or despair, just take that one thing. Even if you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, my eyebrows look good or my hair looks yeah, exactly. good or whatever the case may be. My freckles are pretty, right? Whatever the case may be, take that and just do that and say that over and over again to yourself. You know, if you're stuck in traffic, cause we know the Bay area has horrendous, not like LA, but we're pretty, we have some pretty bad traffic. And you know, if you're sitting in traffic and you're just not feeling good, you know, be thankful that you have a beautiful car to ride in or you're on BART. Be thankful that you have, we have traffic transportation like that just something anything a pretty flower that you see anything that's going to help you to just for that one moment feel good and those moments will continue to come into your life and will magnify and like Helen says pretty soon you'll be having a full day of beautiful moments and you'll eventually get out of your depression and despair now I want to talk about um you talk about abuse that happened during childhood you know whether it's physical or mental um Abuse happens even to the strongest and the most confident children, people, adults. Um, What can you share about this? That might someone out there might be struggling with this or this might be happening in their life or happened to them in their life. What can you share um, for those folks? Well, well, obviously the difference between having abuse of any kind when you're a child and abuse when you're an adult is when you're an adult, you can make more decisions. You, you, first of all, you are in, in charge of yourself when you're an adult. When you're a child, it's definitely much more difficult. So when you're a child, you must seek somebody that you trust outside of what, where the abuse is happening. But as an adult, we can take charge and we can start with ourselves and we have to say, this is unhealthy, we've got to get out. We've got to get out. And I had to do that as an adult just, you know, not long ago. Well, I say not long ago. It's six, six and a half years ago. The biological donor of my child. Sorry, I'm going to use the correct terminology because he was never. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he was never a father. A father is someone who cares for your child. A father is a guardian. A father is a caretaker. A father is beautiful and loving and caring. This was never the case. So I have to call him the biological donor. So I have to call it as I see it. <laughs> Go, girl. Go, girl. <laughs> So the biological donor was so, so scary and and uh, abusive to me. Um, very close to physical, but the mental was actually, to me, much more scary because I was living in complete fear. I was so scared. And I'm a strong woman, Rochelle. I was so scared. I'm talking my heart would pound so fast I thought I might get killed. I mean, I was really scared. The guy is, first of all... Um, uh, smoking up every single morning. I mean, I was pregnant. I could smell 
the pot. I could smell the marijuana because um, my senses were so strong. It was in the garage he would do it, and I would say to him, please, please, please stop this. You know, I don't want to have any secondhand smoke. And, you know, I, I was saying... He would look in my eyes. I can't even finish a sentence. He would look in my eyes and pretty much tell me to shut the F up. I mean, there was such severe vulgarity out of his mouth. And the notion of making that movement of one step towards my body, almost as if he's going to hit me. It's like that notion of, you better be scared of me. I, I was living in such severe fear, Rochelle. I cannot tell you. And I'm sorry, I know you asked me about childhood. But I figured this abuse was much scarier for me because I was an adult thinking that I was a strong adult, but I wasn't. Because any person out there that it could be this mean can scare us, can make us feel weak. And I was so weak. And mind you, I was a hormonal because I was pregnant. Right. And so I, I don't ever remember being in that much fear. And yes, there's been physical abuse in my life, but this mental abuse it, when I was pregnant was the scariest I think I've ever felt of, the, um, of my life. I actually called up a girlfriend and said, listen, if you don't hear from me ever again, he did it. Make them look for him. That's how scared I was. And I, it's like, well, you only see this in the movies. I had no idea I would live this. Um, it was a very, so I'm just so eternally grateful right now. I've got the healthiest child, the happiest child, the, you know, the greatest situation. Yes, I'm a single full-time mother, but I am, have, I'm, I'm taking care of a child that only knows of happiness, that only knows to laugh, and that only knows of good people around him. I bring the best aunties and uncles, uh, and one parent, yes, and the best grandma and grandpa. I bring the best people in my child's life, so he only knows of goodness. I mean, of course, you, at one point or another, you have to teach him to stray away from the bad people. But, but you know, right now, he's so happy. He's a child. He lives uninhibitedly. He's just an incredible source of positive energy, you know, and I'm grateful for it. That's beautiful. How old is your, how old is your baby? Six years old. So that's oh, why I said around six and a half years that's ago. That's beautiful. Yeah, just six and a half years what? ago, I was living in fear. Just six and a half years ago. But thank goodness, at that point in my life, I was strong enough, even though, yes, it still took months, but I was strong enough to know, to admit that I'm in such a horrible situation. There's a difference between you being an adult and a child. As a child, you can't get out. No matter how much you want to right. get out, you can't get out. As an adult, you've got to push yourself. This is unhealthy. This is unhealthy. I have to keep reminding myself, like affirming myself, I can do it. I can do it. I have to keep saying to myself, this is unhealthy. You've got to get out. This is unhealthy. You've got to get out. I, it took me so long. It was only several months, but it, was, it felt like years because I was so stuck. I would be on the phone wanting to cry out to a friend, and he would stand two inches away from me, just stood there to listen to my conversation, would not let me speak about anything going on in my life. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's tough. You know, um, all of you out there, any of you out there that are suffering from any kind of mental, physical, emotional abuse, um, as she said, as a kid, you can't get out of it until you grow up and actually physically leave the house. Um, but as an adult, um, I know there are a lot of women out there that feel they're strong and they're powerful, but yet they, they're in these relationships where they have, and it could be partner relationships, you know, um, heterosexual, homosexual, whatever the case may be, uh, where one person is dominating you and mentally abusing you and, and got you to the point where you're so fearful, even though you know you're strong and so powerful, you're so fearful to even speak or 
you know, anything, um, there's a gateway, there's an opening and, and you need to be, you know, get out. Even if you have to go and, you know, find someone to confide in that you don't really know, um, you, you got to get out and you got to, you got to take care of yourself because I think mental and emotional abuse is sometimes more damaging to us than the physical abuse. The physical abuse, yeah, we see the scars, the bruises and all of that, but mentally, you know, you internalize that and you start blaming yourself and, uh, and it's not, has nothing to do with you. It has to do with power domination and control of the other person. So if any of you are in that type of relationship, find someone to talk to, get out as quickly as you can and watch how much better you will feel and how much more empowered you'll feel. It's not going to be easy. I guarantee you, especially if that person is the sole provider and taking care of you, but it is something that can be done. And Helen, again, we're going to share her book that will possibly help you to take that step forward to make those positive and significantly better changes in your life. Now, um, Helen, God, I could talk to you forever, girl. Um, <laughs> well, so many, you know, I'm only 45, but I feel like I lived the life of an 85 year old. I know. I mean, gosh, I'm like, she's 45. I'm five years older than you. And I'm thinking, wow, she's just like a. Well, you look so, 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 so young. I thought you were younger than me. I've seen oh. your pictures. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm actually, you know, half of a century, which is a beautiful thing. Um, but anyway, um, enough about me. Now, what would you say to someone who holds a lot of baggage from the past? Because I know we all come with our bags of shit. I'm just going to say it. We all come <laughs> with it. Um, how? What would you say? For instance, I have some baggage, right? What would you say to me? To Girl, just... Uh, first and foremost, what's that, common, what's that common term? Kick the baggage to the curb, baby. <laughs> I want everyone to know you've got to kick the baggage to the curb. You've really got to. I mean, honestly, that's the only way I completely, completely feel so my 100% myself today because I have kicked it. I've kicked the baggage. You've got to get rid of that baggage. That baggage is all the stuff we've talked about, that horrible anger, that uh, the, the, the horrible grudge. We each have held grudges in our lives. Even over a tiny little fight with a sibling or with a best friend at school, we all have held grudges, and we've all blamed ourselves or someone else for something before. We've got to let go of all of that stuff. That stuff's got to be gone. That is the best, best way to move. That's the only way to move on. That is the only way. Like even uh, we just talked about that mentally abusive um, person in my life. Um, do I want to hang out with him? Hell, hell no. <laughs> but do have I let go of that? era of my life, yes, I'm just hoping and hoping and hoping that there's some goodness in him that he learns in his path, that he learns to be a better person. That's all I'm going to wish. I'm going to wish him well. I'm going to say, please, please, please stay away from me, but please be well and have good. I hope that God sends him love and energy and he becomes a better person. I can only work on myself right now. Beautiful. I like, I like that. Just it's the old saying goes or the new saying goes or the, the Bay Area saying goes is kick that baggage to the curb because you no longer need it. And it doesn't it doesn't help you in any way. So that's a beautiful thing. Now, this is this is um, something that I think is going to be very important for the listeners. And what would you say is the most important thing or things that a person can take with them? into um, their future for success, besides getting your book. <laughs> besides getting my book, yeah, what's the most important thing? Um, I think loving themselves, believing in themselves. 
I mean, I found through my depression and all the darkest dark times with my faith in God and my faith in myself. So I, you know, faith in myself is will be my self confidence, my self esteem. So having faith in the um, a higher power for myself has really helped me. Like I told you, when uh, I was verbally abused so badly and crying every day in my house, I was so scared of this man. I went to church seven days a week. I got closer to God, but I got closer to my child also that was in my womb. I was talking to my child, in, you know, uh, while I was pregnant. I was talking to God. I was talking to me, trying to give myself strength. And, you know, I built my own self-esteem up. You know, I, honestly, having faith in yourself is really, really powerful. It is so powerful. Um, I might not be uh, what everyone calls the most beautiful or what everyone, you know, wants to aspire to be, but I am so, so uh, confident and powerful in my own skin. I'm so proud of me, and I love me. You've got to love yourself. Oh, that's beautiful. So basically, it starts with self-love. Oh, completely. It starts with loving yourself. That's why you've got to take care of yourself. That's why self-aid is the most important thing in the world. Self-aid is part of love and self-esteem. That's why the tools are so important. I take every single one of these tools, and I mean it with my entire heart. Every single thing, every single word in the acronym of self-aid has, has what has you know, been the tools for me to be who I am today. And I think I am so much more powerful than I was 20 years ago. Oh, you go, inspiration, and I know there's so many people out there listening that are, are getting inspired to turn their struggles into success by listening to you, because you not only have been there, done that, but you're walking the walk, and you're a shining example of how you can turn your life around. Um, you just thank you. you I definitely. Uh, it's not a you know. It's not a inspiration. Yes, it's a it's a work in progress. Just so you know, it's step by step. You know, we have to work on ourselves every day. It's not just overnight. Right, right. And so I don't want you guys out there thinking that she just, yesterday she felt depressed and in despair. Today she's absolutely fabulous. It is a work in progress. And I know, Helen, that you work on this every single day. Most definitely. Now, oh, I to mention uh, laughter yoga. So they also, they, that, that, is, that is, you know, me being an Ayurvedic health practitioner, I've done that. Um, and it is so funny because you know how like when you're a kid and you're, I want to say like in junior high school, which I'm probably dating myself because I think it's called middle school now, but in junior high school, <laughs> you know, someone would do something silly or and you start laughing and then pretty soon you're just laughing and you're just all in your laughing and you don't even know what the heck you're laughing about because, you know, <laughs> you're just, and it's just so contagious. And then you feel so good because you don't realize that you're releasing all those feel good endorphins that allow yeah. your body to just sing, you know, <laughs> it's, just, oh, it's so good that you know about it. I love it. I did a laughter speech. Honestly, you know, I, and you were mentioning earlier on in traffic, people probably think I'm nuts driving next to me. I'm just <laughs> in laughter. <laughs> so. Okay. I've seen people like you or, you know, I was like, I'm like, you start, you just, or even you're just like busting up about something you see on the road. Cause you know, we see some crazy stuff on the road people do some very interesting things in traffic. I don't know how or why they do them, but you know, I've seen all kinds of stuff, but, um, and I just start busting up laughing and you know, you, and I have driven by people and you're, they're laughing and you're like, they're in the car by themselves. You're not sure if they're listening to the radio or whatever the case may be, but they just look in the essence of happiness and joy, even though we might be stuck in two-hour rush commute traffic, you know, it's just, they're at peace and they're just having a good time and enjoying themselves. And I think <laughs> that is, you know, such a key to helping us live a stress-free life. I, oh, I, it's, I totally so, it's so again, therapeutic. Like, oh my goodness. Like, I do that with my son. We just um, look at each other and laugh for no reason at all. 
<laughs> and kids are the best to do that because they'll see something silly and then just start laughing and then their laughter becomes contagious and then you're laughing and you didn't even see what they see but you're just you're laughing because they're laughing and then pretty soon there's just this bursting of laughter and then you both feel so good you know it, it, it is just kids are wonderful my, my kids are grown but um I, I can relate to stories when they were little and just how we would do stuff like that. And it's, it's and, and we still do stuff like that, but you know, they're grown and when they grow up, it, it just becomes a little bit different, but it's still a beautiful thing. Now I want to say, I want to ask you, like they, they say often the greatest entrepreneurs take great losses in their lives. And I can totally attest to that often losing everything that they've had and hitting rock bottom. Um, but then they get back up and they achieve even more than they've, they have ever before achieved. How does this relate to your life story? And I know um, it wow. does, but just share something. This relates really completely to my life story. Um, I don't wish this upon anyone, Rochelle. However, I lost absolute everything financially, rock, hitting financial rock bottom. Somewhere along the way, I had this big light bulb in my head, and I found my calling. I love every single step I'm taking into my future today. I love everything that I'm doing. I love my book. I love what I speak about. I love self-aid. I love the way I go into the future, the way I go into tomorrow. I love everything about what I do today versus uh, before. I had money. I had different careers. I had different things, but I didn't love my life. Right. I finally found something that I am so passionate. I found my life purpose. I am so happy today. And I'm not telling people that you have got to hit rock bottom to find it. But I am saying that please search for it earlier than later. I mean, it's okay. You know, I'm 45. I'm in my 40s. I found it in my, well, I guess I was approaching 40 when I found my passion. Um, but it's, it for me, yes, I hit complete, complete rock bottom because I was so not happy with any of my other choices that I had, you know, done in my life uh, for work, for money, for what, whatever purpose of careers. I did not have what I loved. I absolutely, absolutely love what I do today. And everything in the future is all going to be related to the similar thing. I believe in giving back today. Back then, I believed in me. Uh, I got to take care of me. I got to take care of number one. You know, um, today, I know that I'm working on me because I want to serve the world. Oh, that's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Okay, that I'm just going to stop right there. And I want you to tell people how they can get your book and get more of you because everyone needs to go out and buy this book, Self-Aid, Inspirations to Turn Struggles into Success. How can they get that book? Well, first and foremost, you can definitely get on Amazon.com. Please go there. Uh, I hope you love the book. And if you do love the book, hey, give me a good review. Um, but, yeah, I am so grateful. It's on Amazon.com. If you want a signed copy, uh, please go to my website, um, and I can do that. Um, for, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to do that for a limited time. Uh, signed copies, please go to my website, thehelenwu.com, uh, T-H-E-H-E-L-E-N-W-O-O. Dot com. That's my name, thehelloo.com. If you want to look me up on Facebook, have personal messages with me, please. I'm so willing to talk to people. I love to make sure that you guys are okay. So, you know, and you can definitely personal message me. Uh, again, that's the Helen Wu on Facebook. And you're going to find me everywhere. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be, I'm already on YouTube, but I'm making a whole new series of videos. You'll, you'll see it soon. Um, but Self-Aid Inspirations to Turn Struggles into Success is my book. Hey, Self-Aid Success Stories, my second book, will be coming out hopefully in May. 
So please look me up at thehelenwu.com. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you so much, Rachel. Uh, Rachel. <laughs> You're very welcome. And there you guys have it. The fabulous Helen Wu live from the San Francisco Bay Area. As we bring it to you, we do not hold back on Blissful Living. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on BlissfulLivingForYou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.